This is how stupid our society has become. I'm actually hoping more of these people do this. Like, look, seriously, set yourselves on fire. Do it. Uh, yes. More of this, please. More of this. We need to start getting the stupid people out of our society. So if you do want to do this, you know, jump from buildings. Do Yes, absolutely. I love this. It's a great thing. I fully support your right to protest in this manner. Please. Matter of fact, next time, let me know so I can bring hot dogs. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke. We've got a little disco inferno there. No no reason. No reason at all whatsoever. It has absolutely nothing to do with, uh, you know, the, the uh, title of today's episode. Nothing at all. No, nothing. What's... No, I wouldn't do that. I certainly would not. I would never. I would never. I would never make fun of somebody setting themselves on fire in protest to the Palestinian war. I would never do that. Yes, I would. I totally would. I totally would. <laughs> Happy Monday, folks. I, I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful Monday. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend. It's just me in the studio today. Josh is out today, his father's birthday, so he's going to go spend some time with his old man. A very happy birthday to him. Uh, big supporter of the show and of the, uh, the business. Appreciate all that. Again, 
Beautiful, beautiful Monday here in Texas, Dallas. Uh, I think today's high is going to be 89. So I'm guessing that uh, winter is now over and Texas in February went straight into spring. I, I, what do you say to this? I, I've said so many times, Texas has two seasons, hot and hot as hell. Um, we didn't really have much of a winter this year at all. I was kind of disappointed in that, but uh, yeah, here we go. But all weekend I spent work doing yard work, literally took off early on Friday. got another uh, plant bed done, planted more flowers, planted more trees, did a fig tree, a pomegranate tree, some more blueberry bushes, some jalapeno plants. Uh, pulled out some rock, put in some topsoil, planted a bunch of rosemary, uh, stevia. We're going to do that. And then we're doing some mint. And then uh, this weekend, I have another project I got to do. Because uh, the goal is to get everything planted now in spring. Because come summertime, you know, also get the sprinkler system set up and working. That was nice. I got these off of Amazon for like 50 bucks. Work phenomenally well. I'll show you more on Twitter and also my personal Instagram, John Burke Insta. Uh, I'll show pictures there. Um, definitely worth it. So, uh, did, uh, trying to get more into homesteading. And I don't know if it's, I mean, would you call it homesteading or just more like wanting to grow your own food? Um, probably going to pick up some more chickens, maybe two goats. Uh, and then I'd read a thing from, um, Thomas Massey, the congressman who talked about, um, uh, if you want to really make your fertile, your soil, very fertile, like get a couple of cows on there. Cause their poop definitely fertilizes the ground, yada, yada, yada might be doing that. I just, I like the idea of like maybe trying to raise our own beef. Is that, I mean, that's, that's possible, right? Cause I've got two acres, got a lot of grass out there. Um, what if I bought like two head of cattle and then, um, just raise them and then, you know, take them to uh, get butchered and there you go. I, I, I seems like it would be worthwhile, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. It's just me. But anyway, Got some got some stories to cover here. Going to keep the episodes short now. Going to do about an hour because I uh, we go and I look at the analytics. And it's like most people tune out after an hour, so we'll try and keep it short and sweet. I mean, some podcast hosts have their their show going for like two to three hours to do ad breaks. We don't really do much of a show. It's more of a podcast uh, setup, I guess you could say. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Chickens are the gateway drug to homestead. <laughs> I love our chickens. I, I do. I, I really do like them. I've seen some people that I watched this one uh, thing that talked about they had, they raise meat chickens. And then once they kill them, they're able to store them. How does that work? Like salt, like you salt them, like salted pork. Like how does this work? Like they actually store their, their chickens after they're dead and they don't cook them yet. They just prep them, pluck them, gut them, do all that stuff. Uh, just curious how that works. Just curious how that works. It's interesting. I don't know. I can't do the ones I've already got because I've already got names. So, but, well, let's get straight into the news. As you know, though, this episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. By the way, we're doing code MUG. It's going to get you buy one Shellshock mug. Get a free CBD tea with it. What are you waiting for? Jump on this. Don't sit on this. That's what she said, or that's what he said. I, I don't know. I don't know. You should definitely check that out. What's going on, Rumble? What's going on, Kick? Got the chats pulled up. Hopefully, you are doing a... Um, Having a great day. It's going to look beautiful. Homesteading for sure. Just get a good butcher. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, who do I take the cow to to get slaughtered? I mean, do I got to do it myself? Like, I have no idea. Watch your acres per cattle. There's a certain amount of acres needed per one cow. Probably do, like, one or two, I guess. I mean, how much? Because I know I know on, like, maybe um, on a good white tail here in Texas, you can get about me. I mean, you can get enough meat. Not enough to last you the entire winter or anything like that. But you can get a decent amount of meat. Um, 
I'm just uh, I'm just interested in seeing how much meat you can get from a cow or a, excuse me, a steer. CBD tea sounds yummy. Oh, they're delicious. They're delicious. 57 here on the East Coast. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. But don't forget to jump over on shellshockcbd.com and check that out. Also, don't forget to order your uh, Eagles Not Chickens shirt. Check that out on johnburke.com. Uh, a lot of orders are going out today. Now, we actually have some extra shirts in stock if you want to grab one. We're going to do another pre-order soon. A lot of people buying the shirt. They thought it was hilarious. They want to jump in on the joke. Fair enough. Uh, just make sure that you're an eagle, though. We don't sell them to chickens. We don't uh, We don't allow chickens to buy our shirts. Um, Ronda McDaniel finally happened. Uh, I actually got to go vote. I got to go vote here in Texas. Good Lord. Folks, it's primaries. I totally forgot about it. But I do want to go vote because there's a lot of issues Tyler brought to my attention prior to the show. He's like, he went and go went and voted. And um, hopefully, you know, pay attention to your local area, folks. It is important. There's a lot of issues to vote on as well. I mean, Tyler brought, brought up some points as far as saying there was... Uh, um, Different, um, oh God, what would you call them? I'm, I'm totally brain farting today. Uh, propositions. A lot of it to do with illegal immigration down here in Texas is a very important thing. So we're going to be checking that out. So I'm going to go, uh, yeah, check that. So you should go vote, folks. You should go vote. Ron McDaniel announces resignation as RNC uh, chair head of Super Tuesday. Now, she called this after South Carolina. She was going to step down. It was the unofficial um, word that she had given, I guess. Um, but instantly I thought it was just really ironic that the likes of the grifter class of like, say for example, DC Drano instantly talked about like, well, she stepped down because she was part of the swamp, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, do you people ever like take yourselves like seriously at all? Like, do you, do you ever have any consistency in your, your stances or is it just that we're just going to change it when it doesn't go our way? And then, you know, it was like, oh, she was actually a plant. It's like, no, she was endorsed by Trump. Drano, you're a shell. You're just a shell. RNC Chairwoman Ron McDaniel announced Monday she will leave her post on March 8th, thus drawing to a close seven years at the helm of the GOP. Again, this is Romney's niece, just more political nepotism. She's not. She was not good. She's not been a very good um, RNC chair. Yeah, it's ridiculous. McDaniel's in the midst of her fourth two-year term. She said she would vacate the role at party uh, spring training meeting in Houston, Texas, so as to allow our nominee to select a chair of their choosing. It has been the honor and privilege of my life to serve. I don't give a crap what you have to say. You've been a horrible, horrible person. You should never have been there. You should have been fired. You're just another Trump pick that was a massive disappointment. I have decided to step aside at our spring training on March 8th. Houston, blah, 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 blah. Likely Republican 2024 candidate President Donald Trump endorsed current North Carolina GOP chair and RNC general counsel Michael Watley in early February to replace McDaniel as the new chair of the RNC, as Breitbart has reported. But also don't forget that Laura Trump is wanting to co-chair, which again solidifies more of the clause digging themselves into the GOP, thus converting it into Trump's party. This is not a good thing, as I've, I've said so many different times out there, because again, what happens when Trump goes a different direction you don't want to go? The party's going to go with him. I don't agree with this. I don't think this is a good idea. And Laura Trump, I mean, come on. No. But again, this is what happens. I've warned people about this. A lot of you out there saying you're, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're overreacting. Trump is now positioning his people in different positions of the RNC to turn it into a Trump thing. It's MAGA. It's infiltration. It's to dominate. He's already got the courtesans like D.C. Drano, those little whores that do anything for money. These people that would sell out the Constitution. Jack Sobasex, the Mike Lindells, the Sebastian Gorkas, the... Oh, and don't even get me started. Did you see Candace Owens' thing on uh, book burning? 
tell me some of you saw this. Now, I saw a clip of it. I need to watch the, the video in its entirety. Did, did, you, did you see Candace Owens's thing on Twitter about book burning? Talking about, do you know that some of the books they burned, like they don't teach us in, I'm paraphrasing, they don't teach us in history class, but they taught there, they, uh, they burned books on like transgenderism, homosexuality, sex, sex ed, yada, yada, yada. And she talked about this. I'm, I'm kind of like, what's your intent here? You're, and I know what the intent is. This is another subtle wink nod at Hamas. Another subtle nod at the anti-Semitism group. This is Candace Owens, one of the biggest race-grifting shills we've ever seen on this platform. The fact that Daily Wire, I mean, Ben Shapiro has got to be just shaking his head in complete just, like, why did we hire her? And I know why. You picked another DEI hire, and this is what, this is, Candace Owens is a classic example of a DEI hire. This woman does not know what she's talking about. She's a clear idiot. She race-grifts. She even has on her profile, she's a founder of Blexit. She got paid so much money, had no results from this. Latched on to Turning Point with Charlie Kirk. They split their way. Candace bounces. She bounces. She doesn't stay anywhere very long. She's probably just trying to get out of her contract with the Daily Wire. But she gets on there and she tries giving you a partial truth, but not in full context. And let me, let me explain. Yes, it's true. In 1933... There was, uh, there was about 32 universities across Germany that burned over 25,000 books. Now, one of the areas that was invaded was a sex, oh, guy, I forget the actual terminology for it. It was a, a German-led sex um, institute that explored homosexuality and advocated for women's rights. Now, of course, I don't agree with a lot of this from a theological standpoint, but in terms of liberty, it's live and let live, right? To a degree, I would think, as long as it doesn't involve the children. So they went in there and a group of youth, and they call them, you know, Candace Owens calls them brown shirts. And it's like, I don't think you understand the history of brown shirts. It wasn't just Hitler youth, but okay. So they go in, they occupy this building. Two days later, they pull all the contents out and they burn it. Now, Candace Owens focuses on that aspect. I saw other anti-Semites on Twitter. Not as, yep, it's true. Mike Cernovich was one of them supporting this. It's like, well, what she's saying is true. It's like, it is true, but it's a half-truth. You're, you're cherry-picking certain facts to give your overall position some validity. Now, Candace Owens also neglected to mention, in the clips that I saw, that they burned Ernest Hemingway, Tolstoy, Einstein, Helen Keller. Yeah, a lot of books. And some books, I, Helen Keller's uh, Why I Became a Socialist book, which I don't agree with. But you don't burn things that you hate. You debate them on the forum, in the forum of common sense and reasoning, which is what Candace Owens proclaims to do on social media, which is ironic to me. So is in baseline, baseline thing here, is book burning a good thing? No, I don't think it is. What it represents, the symbolicism behind book burning is very, very serious in the sense of you are so afraid of an agenda that book may hold within it. That instead of refuting it, debunking it, debating it, you instead want to destroy it. Well, folks, that doesn't work. Look, for example, at uh, people that are trying to get these, these, these child pornography-based books out of schools. Do we burn these books? 
No, that's not going to do anything. You've got to reason and rationalize and logistically or logically explain to the people, which I think is just ridiculous to me, by the way, that we have to explain to people that children should not have access to pornography that you call sex education. But you've got to debunk this. You got to debunk it. You don't just sit there and just like, we need to burn it. Well, then people are like, okay, well, you've just martyred that book. And now more people are going to want, it's the very, it's the basis of if I tell you not to do something, you're going to do it like the Streisand effect to a degree, right? Does that make sense? And this is what they're doing. This is what they did. But Candace Owens gets out there and she pushes this thing of like, well, they burned these books. Like, yes, they did Candace, but they also burned a lot of other books to include books that had Jewish authors because it was deemed as un-German. Now, if you're advocating for that, I, I just don't understand. What, you're not for banning those porn books in school? Where the where did I say that, Aftershock? Where did, where did I say that? Don't play liberal with me. I never said that. I said I'm not for burning books. I think those books should not be in school, which I literally just said. I think to have access to pornography as a child is just ridiculous. But to sit there and say that we're going to burn these books, no, you just turn them into martyrs. And then now people really want to read what's in those books versus debating the books and saying, look, uh, children should not have access to pornography. It's disgusting. But Candace went on with this. She goes on with this. It's like Candace, they also burned a lot of other very good books to include the Hebrew version of the Bible. They burned a lot of things that were deemed un-German. So I have to ask you, do you think it's okay for the government to dictate to the people what they can and cannot read? Because please explain to me then how that is any different than any, uh, let's just say, uh, theocratic state of dictatorship. I'd be very curious on this. I, I don't understand your rationale, but again, this is another subtle wink and nod at the at the lack of support or non-support on her part of the war with Palestine, with Israel. She's on Palestine's side. Just say that you're with the Muslims over the Jews. Say you're a Jew hater. Just say it. This is ridiculous. Now, you can be of the opinion to say, look, I support Israel's right to defend itself, but I don't think that we should be getting involved, and that's my position. I'm choosing the Jews over the Muslims any day. I don't care who likes that or who doesn't. I've been around both. I prefer the Jews. I don't care if you like that or not. That's just me. But I don't think that American men and women should go over there and fight Israel's war. Leave Israel alone to do it. They've got it. They can cover it. But Candace Owens is, even Mike Cernovich is, that freaking nerd. What, what sellout shills you, you must be to sit there and say that it's a good thing. It's like, well, they did burn these books. Yes, they did. But... It kind of proves their own point of they burned them back in 33 and look, it's still alive today. You didn't get rid of it, but now we're faced with this idea of we have to debate the whole trans nonsense. It's the truth though. It's the truth. To sit there and, you know, rationalize like, oh, look, hey, they burned some good books. Oh, well then I guess that just makes them good people, Candace. I guess that just makes them good people. Minus the whole Third Reich concentration camps, which I am of the mind to ask, like, do you believe concentration camps exist? And then a lot of these anti-Semites will sit there and say, yes, but it wasn't as bad as they made it out. It wasn't 6 million. Dude, I don't care if it was 30. It's disgusting. They did this to other people. Poles, Soviets, political prisoners, homosexuals, gypsies. Anyone they deemed as not German enough or a potential threat. Homosexuals had their own camp. They had to wear like a little triangle and stuff. It's crazy. But here we are. I, I honestly cannot believe. 
I honestly cannot believe we have people that call themselves conservatives. Candace Owens is the exact example. She is the archetype of the theocrat that is secretly wanting to push for a dictatorship. It's pathetic. And don't forget, not even four or five years ago, this woman was on the left, hated Trump. It was doxing Republicans. She had a website dedicated to this. Does it make sense to me? Does it make sense to you folks? Because I don't get it. I don't, I just don't get it. Candace Owens is a massive grifter. She's an idiot. Now people on Twitter are doing the right thing, saying block her. Don't give her their engagement, which I'm going to do as well. It's like, stop giving the, and a lot of think a lot of this is they're trying to get engagement. They're trying to get their revenue up, trying to draw attention to themselves because I feel like that's what it takes on social media. Now you got to say something so outlandish, so extravagant, so insane. And then people are like, what? And then they come look at you and then you get the attention you need. And then you can start building that following off of that. It's pathetic. I actually saw a, a, um, an ad that hit my thing from liver King. And it I think it was on Twitter or something like that. And it was, uh, it was like, I'm here to like, I'm here to train you. I'm going to be your life coach, your business coach. I'm like, dude, you, you lied about doing steroids and that's what made you big. And now you want to teach me like, I'm sorry, man. People that utilize these methods that are just disgusting to get famous. And then once they're famous, pretend like it never happened. And then per, you know, prop themselves up as virtuoso, uh, you know, entrepreneurs like, dude, you were already successful prior to being liver King. Yes. But you also were a liar. Ah, having coffee on a hot day. Hot day. Don't forget that follow button, folks. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm glad to have you here. Don't forget the follow button. We appreciate all your love and support. Let's keep moving. Keep moving. Uh, now, there was speculation that um, Ukraine was talking about joining NATO. Did you see this? Now, this has been, this has been tabled before. But basically the rules were, and this was my understanding was that a country during wartime is not allowed to join NATO if they weren't prior members prior to that. But now they're talking about changing the rules. Have y'all seen this? Now, I'm not a Putin apologist. I don't like Vladimir Putin, but Vladimir Putin isn't the only wrong one in this scenario. The EU has got a lot of blood on its hands. ridiculous. Putin threatening European nation looking to join NATO. EU strategic signaling. EU voted to open membership talks to Moldova and Ukraine last December. As Moldovan President Mia Sandu openly flirts with joining the EU and NATO, Moscow is increasingly agitated at the prospect of yet another pro-Western ally uh, in its periphery. At the 30th meeting of the Organization of Security and Cooperation in Europe, in Skiope, Macedonia, in December, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov painted Moldovan European aspirations as part of an anti-Russian conspiracy, charging Moldova is destined to be the next victim in this hybrid war against Russia unleashed by the West. The remarks were not taken lightly. The world is all too aware of Russian President Vladimir Putin's willingness and capacity to use military force to assert his dominance in Eastern Europe. I don't think that's always the case. I, I, I genuinely don't think that's always the case. Now, the one thing I feel like a lot of people are not doing is putting themselves in Vladimir Putin's shoes in a sense of an expanding Western front, if you will, and an expanding Western set of alliances and allies that are growing increasingly larger. Now, what if as Americans, we saw Russia doing that? 
Russia was expanding, making more alliances, more things like this. And then what would America do? It's like, wait a minute, you're getting kind of, you're getting kind of antsy over there. You're getting kind of bigger. What's, what's going on here? I can understand Putin's positioning here. Now, if Ukraine joins the joins NATO, which I, I, I don't think they're going to let them. I really don't think they're going to let them. But if Ukraine joins NATO, you know what that means, right? If Putin, Putin's already attacking, that means NATO can now get involved and commit ground forces to combating Russia and Ukraine. I feel like this is, um, we're just, it's stupid. It's crazy. Ukraine is not our problem. Never has been, shouldn't be. They're not NATO members. And of course, as per the norm, America does all the heavy lifting, all the paying, all, all the funding, everything. It's always, it's your, it's your money, folks. You're paying for this over there. I hope that makes you happy. It's ridiculous. According to ex-DEI military intelligence analyst Rebecca Koffler, author of Putin's playbook, it's an almost certainty that Putin would, would go to war to prevent Moldova from joining NATO. And that is what Lavrov was referring to when he talks about hybrid warfare, except it's Russia, which will use asymmetric warfare against Moldova. It's strategic signaling. Moldova is arguably the most critical fault line between East and West today, with signs that its citizens under the leadership of President Mai Sandu are leaning in a pro-Western direction. Yes, this tiny nation of 2.6 million, one of the most unvisited and obscure in Europe, has a considerable Russian ethnic and linguistic minority, which Russia has proved adept at mobilizing against the pro-Western government. On several recent occasions, pro-Russian protesters have taken to the streets of the capital, Chisinau, and a bid to thwart Moldova's pro-EU trajectory. Skyrocketing inflation and rising energy prices have proved fertile ground for an already disgruntled Russian minority, which views the Sandu administration with suspicion and believes they are victims of a campaign of marginalization. It's always something to do with being marginalized. It seems to be like the, uh, the biggest thing we're pushing these days. Like, it's always somebody being marginalized. Everybody's marginalized all of a sudden. It's kind of annoying. This, this whole thing, it just continues to spiral. What, what's the dead? What, what is the numbers of the dead in Ukraine now? Let's look this up. Ukraine crashed. Uh, you can't, dang. Ukraine cashed these over 410,000 um, dead. Zelensky saying 31,000. This is from CNN, though. So you take that. Take the grain of salt. Zelensky warns millions will be killed without U.S. aid. This is coming to us from uh, February 25th of this year. Uh, as Ukrainian troop deaths reach at least 31,000. Uh, 31,000? I don't think that's accurate. Hmm. Millions could die in Ukraine's war, blah, 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 asked by CNN's Caitlin Collins about a claim made by the U.S. Senator J.D. Vance that the outcome of the war would not change even if Ukraine received the money. Zelensky said he wasn't sure Vance understands what's going on here. To understand it is to come from the front line to see what's going on, to speak with the people, then go to civilians to understand 
what will happen to them without this support. And then, and he will understand that what millions will be killed. It's a fact, Zelensky said. Of course he doesn't understand. God bless you, you don't have the war in your territory, he added. Zelensky's warning came just hours after the Ukrainian leader made a rare admission of troop losses, saying that about 31,000 Ukrainian soldiers have been killed so far in the conflict during a conference in Kiev. Addressing the conference, Zelensky disputed Russian claims of much higher numbers when it comes to Ukrainian casualties. He added that tens of thousands of civilians have died in Ukrainian territory occupied by Russian forces. It's a big loss to us. 31,000 Ukrainian, Ukrainian soldiers died in this war. Not 300,000, not 150,000, whatever Russian President Vladimir Putin is lying with, Zelensky said. Every loss is a huge loss to us. CNN cannot independently verify the numbers which come on the weekend. Ukraine marked two years since Russia's full-scale invasion. Throughout the conflict, Kiev has been hesitant to admit how many soldiers have been killed. Former Ukraine Defense Minister Oleski uh, Reznikov said in June of 2022 he believes tens of thousands of Ukrainians have been killed since February of that year. Two months later, Valerie, blah, 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 then the head of Ukraine's armed forces said 9,000 troops have been killed. Again, you got to consider the source on these things, folks. They're not going to give you accurate numbers. They don't want to have inflated numbers. They are high numbers because it looks bad. Now, they're saying that Russia has lost over 400,000 troops in this conflict. I can tell you right now, it's not 30,000 for Ukraine. You remember seeing the videos of them grabbing people off the street into forced conscription? Did you see the forced conscription thing, that whole, that whole thing? You remember that? You don't do that. Unless you're at your wit's end. Remember them talking about they were like enlisting 80-year-olds, handing them AK-47, saying to go fight? You remember that? You don't do that if you've only lost 30,000. That's You've taken serious casualties. Serious casualties. Something's off. This is the same kind of numbers and reporting from Hamas. It's like, ah, oh, we haven't lost that many. It's like, Really? And then all the, all the people are like, how many Palestinian children have to die? Innocent Palestinian civilians, over 40,000. Like, where'd that number come from? It's what Hamas is saying. Really? Hamas? Really? This is what you're going with? No guy. Okay. I mean, and speaking of that, Netanyahu, just totally going to jump the script here. Netanyahu vows to invade Rafa regardless of potential ceasefire with Hamas. It will happen. Good. Good. Folks, I'm telling you right now, a lot of people don't want to hear this. I don't care. There is no two-state solution. You need to get rid of them. Don't go in there and occupy them and then provide security. No, get them out. Kick them out. That's the only way. And then if you're attacked, it'll be from the outside, not from within. They don't need to be there. I don't care what side of that aisle you stand on. Israel's there. They've got the land. You've got the power. Get rid of them. They murdered 1,400 innocent people. Get rid of them. Says so like, look, here's the deal. We're leveling your entire city. It's going to be gone. Go find someplace else. You're refugees now. Your fault. You should have rose up and overtook it. But here's the thing. They talk about like, it's, you know, there's only a few members of Hamas in Palestine. So why are you demonizing? Uh, yeah, bullshit. We've seen the videos of civilians in the streets celebrating Hamas victories. Don't lie. Stop lying to us. Of course, all the anti-Semites out there that are pro-Muslims, they're standing against this. They say, oh, we don't like the Jews. Well, the Jews are kicking your ass. Whether you like it or not, maybe you should start respecting ceasefires. Maybe you should stop trying to, like, I don't know, drop rockets on your own, your own parking lots next to uh, hospitals and lying about the propaganda behind it. Muslims are some of the most cowardly propagandists I've ever seen in my entire life. For a group of, a group of people out there that claims that they're so hardcore fighting... You're kind of a bunch of bitches, to be honest, to be perfectly honest. You, you kind of are. You got no honor. And again, this is what they're about. This is their culture. 
No honor. They will slit your throat. They don't care. It's all about Allah. Israel, go to town. Wipe them off the map. Wipe them off the map. Get rid of them. I'll take the Jews or the Muslims any day. Any day. But Netanyahu vows to continue the invasion of Rafah. Israel will carry out an invasion of the Gaza Strip and the city of Rafah, regardless of whether or not it reaches a hostage exchange argument with Hamas. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Sunday. Netanyahu made the statement during a Sunday morning appearance on CBS's Face the Nation with host Margaret Brennan. He stated that Israel was still engaged in hostage negotiations, but added that the Jewish state was committed to rooting out Hamas with as little harm to civilians as possible. As possible. If we have a deal, it'll be delayed somewhat, but it will happen. If we don't have a deal, we'll do it anyway. Now, it's smart positioning to take here. Don't listen to the, the, the world. Everybody's crying and complaining. Do what you got to do to keep your people safe. Do what you got to do to keep your people safe. Because clearly, you cannot coexist with people that want to kill you. It's not possible. It's just not. He went on to say that any Israeli operation in Rafah would signal that Israel is just weeks away from total victory in the war against Hamas. The new timing is a far cry from the statements Netanyahu and other Israeli officials have made in recent weeks. Netanyahu had previously predicted the war would last many more months. The U.S. has insisted that Israeli implement a plan to protect civilians in the event. Why, wait, why, why is it Israel's responsibility to protect civilians that are living in Palestine that enabled Hamas to attack Israel? And I know a lot of people out there just like, well, you know, they, they both got blood on their hands. Yeah, they do. That's why it's none of our business. But I'm going to sit there and say that you hit them for 1,400 innocent people. You got some blood coming your way, bro. Sorry. That's just the way it works. This isn't like a one two thing. You went in there and you raped, you murdered, you pillaged. And then when it comes time to get your comeuppance, suddenly it's, oh, think of the children. Think of the civilians. Honestly, I don't care. Not my problem. It's not. I'm not going to sit here and play this bleeding heart globalist agenda that so many of these anti-Semites are trying to push on us. Think of the children. Fuck them kids. Don't care. They're going to grow up to be little terrorists anyway. I love how we live in this age now. To where we have to pretend that as long as you cut the tail off the snake, the head isn't going to do anything to you. You know, in olden times, if you were going to go in there and dominate a country, you killed everything. Children were not left alive. Do you know why? Because they grow up and come after you. That was a common thing. Do you think that human nature has changed? It is not. It has most certainly not changed. Those kids will grow. We saw this in Iraq and Afghanistan. It doesn't matter. This is what Muslims do. It's all cultures do this. All cultures do this. So good for Netanyahu. Invade it. Destroy Hamas. Get him out of there. But folks, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. You can say that you wiped out Hamas. They'll just come back. It'll spread back in and you'll be dealing with this 10, 20, 30 years from now all over again. How many times have we seen Israel and Gaza just go at it? Bro, just... Pull the Band-Aid off. Be done with it. Tell them that you need to get out. Go to Jordan. Go somewhere else. Not Jordan. Excuse me. Egypt. Go to go to Saudi. Go to Yemen. The Houthis. Houthis will take you. Go over there. I, I don't give a damn. Netanyahu's got to look out for his own people. He's doing the right thing. Good for him. Now, with that being said, though, have you seen the uh, the Air Force guy that set himself on fire? In protest. 
You just <laughs> have you seen this? Talk about it. This kid's 25 years old. U.S. Air Force member dies after setting himself on fire at Israeli embassy in D.C. yelling, free Palestine. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. A little trolling. U.S. Air Force member Aaron has died from his injuries after setting himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., officials confirmed Monday. U.S. Air Force spokesperson confirmed the post that 25-year-old died overnight, though she did not officially name him, citing the ongoing investigation uh, or notification for the next of Kim. Officials were still contacting family members Monday and will not officially announce until his death until 24 hours after his blah, 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 Air Force representative said. Um, a Metropolitan D.C. police spokesman uh, also confirmed Bushnell's death to the post, but would not say when or where he succumbed to his injuries. Basically, this kid goes to an Israeli embassy, um, a harrowing video live streamed on Twitch on Sunday afternoon appeared on the to show the serviceman dressed in uniform standing in front of the embassy and identifying himself as a member of the U.S. Air Force. Okay, because he's an active duty member. I thought he was a veteran. Uh, I will no longer be complicit in genocide in Gaza. How are you complicit in, in genocide? How are you complicit? How are you complicit in genocide? You see, you're 25 years old, you're stupid, you think you know what you're talking about, you really don't, and you just killed yourself. Um, I don't know. I'd call that a win in my book. That's natural selection. I've got no love for you at all. I think you're stupid people. I sincerely do. These people are dumb. These people are sincerely dumb. I don't want to be complicit in the war against Gaza and the genocide, so I'm going to kill myself. Right. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Explain that to me. You did. You see, this is what I love about. Do you think this is going to change anything? Do you think this is going to change Netanyahu? The level of self-importance that you have for yourself, do you think setting yourself on fire is going to do you any good? Is just outright laughable laughable. It said, I'll no longer be complicit in genocide. I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest. Bushnell reportedly said before dousing himself with an unknown liquid. I think it was gasoline or something. That dude went up. <laughs> I watched the video. He went up. It was like, boof, done. Um, unknown liquid and setting himself ablaze was repeatedly crying out free Palestine. Just hours before his deadly act of self-immolation, Bushnell posted a final message on Facebook. Many of us like to ask ourselves, what would I do if I was alive during slavery, the Jim Crow South, or apartheid? What would I do if my country was committing genocide? The answer is you're doing it right now, he wrote. Everything is, I love this. Everything is just such extreme examples. This is how stupid our society has become. I'm actually hoping more of these people do this. Like, look, seriously, set yourselves on fire. Do it. Uh, yes. More of this, please. More of this. We need to start getting the stupid people out of our society. So if you do want to do this, you know, jump from buildings. Do, yes, absolutely. I love this. It's a great thing. I fully support your right to protest in this manner. Please. Matter of fact, next time, let me know so I can bring hot dogs. Not even kidding. Not even kidding. And schmores over your carcass. That'd be hilarious. I'll sit there and be like, mm, eating it and just like, go Israel. 
The message included a link to Twitch livestream, which was later removed for violating the platform's community guidelines. A closer look at the airman's social media page revealed that he followed two Ohio-based anarchist groups, Burning River Anarchist Collective and Mutual Air Street Solidarity. He also liked an account belonging to Kent State University chapter of the radical pro-Hamas group, Students for Justice in Palestine. Ah, go figure. Go figure. And the now deleted video capturing the airman's fiery protest, Bushnell was sprayed with a fire extinguisher before firefighters arrived on the scene to take him to the hospital with life-threatening injuries. Around 1 p.m., he was initially listed in critical. I don't give a damn. Cool. I don't care. I think it's hilarious. Burn, baby, burn. Disco inferno. Burn, baby, burn. Break out them chocolate s'mores. Great job. You just killed yourself and you changed virtually nothing. Nothing. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. I mean, oh my God. I just, I encourage this. I encourage more of this. Let's see more of this, please. And I, I'd seen posts talk about mental, veteran mental health. This has nothing to do with veteran mental health. This has everything to do with buying into propaganda. This is not, this is not the same thing. Veterans dealing with PTSD is, is a result of combat versus this dipshit who's been fed all this propaganda and wants to go set himself on fire. It's hilarious. It's freaking hilarious. He didn't quit. He was fired. Oh, <laughs> the rumble chat. God love you. God love you. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're really not wrong. I think it's hilarious. Roasted. <laughs> he, he, he after around, he found out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Low brain cell count. Yeah. This isn't going to change anything. It's a stupid fly. Just, uh, yeah. And I, I've, I've been reading some comments. I don't know if he's actually going to get an Arlington burial. I hope not. But folks, if you want to do this, I, I like how the one who they call Charles says, I'll buy the gas for you. Go for it. All right, moving on. Trump appeals the $355 million ruling in New York civil fraud cases. Article comes to us from Breitbart News. Says, Former President Donald Trump filed a notice of appeal on Monday in the matter of New York civil judge finding him liable for fraudulent inflate or fraudulently inflating his net worth on years of financial statements. The judge curtailed his ability and that of the Trump organization to do business in New York or apply for loans from financial institutions. Now, I actually did a little bit of reading on this, and let me give you a little bit more updated version of this. It was that it wasn't that Trump, um, and this is what they're saying. I don't know if this is true or not, because I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm like Marina Medvin, some kind of lawyer. I'm not. But the one thing I've read on this, though, this was from other lawyers on Twitter that were actually chiming in on this saying, look, I'm a Trump supporter, but here's the, here's the hypocrisy of this. Number one, that the bank, when he actually applied for these loans and he submitted all of his paperwork talking about his, his worth and stuff like that, the bank never verified. They went by word alone. And you're not supposed to lie on those forms. Apparently, Trump may have done that. And that's what they're getting him for. Now, is that wrong? Yes, it is. But the other thing is, though, they said many people have done this. This is a common thing. It's not a good thing. And also Trump paid the loan back. Now, I've seen some people try and rationalize this thing. Well, look, he lied to inflate his number to get a lower interest rate loan. Great. But at the same time, he paid it back. It's like, yeah, but you can rob somebody and then turn around and you know give it back. But you still robbed him. Now, I'm not saying it's what Trump did. They're trying to get him on a technicality. Now, the thing is, though, Trump should have known better. When you're going to run for president, and maybe this was before president, I don't know. 
But the fact is, he did he did inflate his worth. It was actually shown. It was like, ah, okay. It's like, but now you're also trying to get this guy on something that everybody else does as well to secure low interest rate loans. And he paid the bank back. It is a victimless crime. It is. Is that worth $350 million? No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Because everybody made money. And I'm wondering, like, I don't think the bank's going to press charges on this one. I don't think they care. They got their money. But again, do you see how, how it's kind of like, it's not black and white. There's so much gray area in this. All the Trump people are like, oh, he's innocent. And then everybody on like the Santa side and the rest of them are like, oh, no, he's not. And I'm kind of like, bro, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. It sounds like a fraud trial either way. But I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not sitting here laughing my ass off about it because, again, suddenly the mean tweet gang goes crazy when Latita James tweets out like $100,000 a day in interest that he's accruing until he pays this stuff off. It's a joke. I'm not going to lie. It's a circus kangaroo court. It is. This is political prosecution. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. The only reason they're doing this is because it's Trump, and I'm not even voting for Trump. But then even Kathy Hochul said in New York, you know, hey, other real estate investors that do this, you don't have to worry about it because we're not targeting you. We're not targeting you. So it's like, come on. That's ridiculous. That is just outright ridiculous. But again, Donald Trump, bro, you should have known better. When you've got every gun trained on you, you should probably know better. Stop freaking acting like that. Stop me. Come on. Trump does this. Trump does this. He does this to himself. He makes stupid decisions. Stupid decisions. And then turns around and like, ah, they're unfairly targeting me. It's like, well, you give them ammunition. Yes, they are targeting you unfairly, but you also give them enough rope for them to hang you with. So it's kind of hard to feel bad, bad for you. It really is. The whole E. Jean Carroll thing, the first case was absolute just ridiculousness. And then he runs his mouth and he gets hit for defamation. He was guilty of that. It's like, dude, you give them the ammunition. You make horrible decisions. Horrible. Shut up. If you would just shut your mouth, you wouldn't be owing almost $400 million right now. And Goran ordered Trump to pay $355 million in penalties, but with interest, the total has grown to nearly $454 million. That total will increase by nearly $112,000 per day until he pays, according to James' offices of CBS News. Now, I do know he has to pay a lot of this down to even submit the appeal. James sought to essentially bankrupt Trump by calling for a $370 million fine and a lifetime disbarment from the real estate industry in New York State. Trump's valued at $2.2 billion. He's got a lot tied up in assets, but that guy can liquidate assets. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He did do everything, Jack Smith. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're banned. You're just sitting, you keep fucking doing caps in my chat. Stop being a little, like uncontrolled little whiny bitch. It's annoying. You can either talk in normal freaking senses like everybody else or just shut the fuck up. You're like a little child. Trump's announcement following through with his trial comments when he declared during the closing arguments, this is a case that should have never been brought. I think we should be entitled to damages, as Breitbart News reported. Trump added he was being punished for having built a perfect company, great cash, great buildings, great everything. Constitutional scholar Jonathan Turley called the ruling confiscatory, uh, confiscatory extreme and abusive. And he's not wrong. He's, he's actually not wrong on this. It is clearly a sign of abuse. It's clearly stepping over the line. But if Trump wouldn't have given them the opportunity, they wouldn't be able to. So I'm sorry. It's kind of hard to feel bad for you. You knew what you were doing was wrong. You did it anyway. But then when they put a spotlight on, it's like, well, they got you. I'm sorry. I just, I don't feel bad for you. I really don't. But of course, you know, buy some $400 shoes. That'll help. Morons. Morons. Stupid. 
Uh, Biden and Trump to uh, make U.S.-Mexico border stops Thursday as migrants' crisis royals to election. I gotta go vote today. Biden heads to Brownsville, Texas, while Trump speaks in Eagle Pass. Um, the one good thing that I see occurring from this next election, though, I think eventually they're gonna have. To, they will close this boy. It's got to be closed. They, you know, the, you know what? How the many said that have, uh, have entered into America illegal immigrant wise since Biden took office. Do you know how many illegal immigrants have come over that border since Biden took office? Do any of you know? Just off the top of your head. I'm very curious. Rumble chat. Anybody know? Kick. I see 8 million from Tammy. Slally says 6 million. Nobody actually knows. No, there's, there's a guesstimate. There's a guesstimate that's actually been recorded. The actual number is massively different, but as guessed or as documented, 10 million that have been confirmed. 10 million. It's actually a lot bigger than that. That's, un, that's not including unconfirmed. 10 million they've accounted for. That's the baseline, folks. That's the ba- 10 million. Can you believe that? 10 million people, not even from Mexico, from around the world, have came in and infiltrated our United States of America. And you got to pay for it, folks. You got to pay for it. It's hilarious to me. And what's Biden want to do? He's going to. Pro- Here's the deal Biden's wanting to get them on the pathway to citizenship. Why? Because they're going to be loyal to the Democratic Party, the DNC. Oh, by the way, before we get off, uh, before I forget, uh, Nikki Haley, you see the yeah, South Carolina results of this? I got to say something here a lot of people are not going to like. I really don't care. Um, the numbers were, of course, not good for Nikki Haley. I think um, Trump came in at 59%, Nikki Haley at 30%. Uh, for What was it? Let me pull these numbers real quick. Nikki Haley, South Carolina results. She lost. She lost bad, but it was everybody knew she was going to. Um, where was it? Uh, Rumble. What, what were the? Uh, what was the uh, the actual turnout? It was like I think Trump had fifty nine percent. Nikki had thirty something percent. She lost by I think it was like twenty something points. But a lot of people um, were talking on Twitter about that. Trump only had 59% of the vote. He's lost a lot of support. It's like, mm, I don't know if I agree with that. Nikki Haley had a strong liberal backing. She had a strong Democrat backing. There was a lot of Democrats, same-day primary, that were voting in favor of her. I don't think Trump only got 59%. I think Trump took a very much larger percentile of Republicans, but I think Nikki Haley turned out 30-something percent because she had a lot of Democrats on her side. So I don't know if those numbers are accurate. I really don't think they are. I think Trump's lead was much higher, much higher. It's Nikki Haley. This woman isn't quitting. This woman isn't quitting. And it's not like any of us give a damn. Like, you know, if you're a conservative and you see the numbers that Nikki Haley is putting on those, those, the actual election results, then we're not talking polling. We're talking about actual election results. Those are there. Those are definitive numbers. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. I was curious to see if DeSantis could close those margins in different states, but he dropped out too soon. That's his. That's his prerogative. It's crazy. But 
Just got to keep going. She says, I give you my word. I'm going to keep running. Hey, you're just wasting donor money. I mean, it's honestly okay. Keep going. No skin off my nose. She keeps going after Trump. It's like, lady, you're not going to beat him. You're not going to beat him. You're going to get more desperate. You're going to do, you're going to say more outlandish things. This woman flip-flops even more so than Vivek. It's ridiculous. Uh, this is Fox. Uh, 7.2 million illegals have entered uh, uh, the U.S. under the Biden administration. An amount greater than population of 36 states. It's actually much larger than that. Uh, Biden is expected to use this trip to talk about the importance of passing the Senate's bipartisan border security agreement. I love this. I love the leveraging of the Biden administration on this. Like, hey, we've done our part. Republicans just need to sign the bill. The bill is loaded with nonsensical BS in foreign aid to Israel and Ukraine. It's loaded with so many other things that are outlandish, not even, not even um, pragmatic for us to sign. So what does Biden and the rest of them do? Hey, we made you an offer, but you didn't take it. Yeah, your offer is garbage. So meanwhile, you use the border to hold America hostage and so getting foreign aid support. Does that sound like a leader to you? Does that sound like a leader to any of y'all? To sit there and hold America hostage, that open southern border. People are dying. You see that one viral um, episode of the illegal immigrant that killed a young girl, a young lady? See that? Different cultures? Yeah. Works out so well, doesn't it? So Biden goes down there and says, hey, man, we can get this thing closed down right now if Republicans sign the bill. No, Biden, you can shut it down right now. You don't need a bill. You just have to do your job. But once again, due to voter ignorance, to voters not knowing what the hell is going on, here we are. Here we are. It's ridiculous. It is just laughable at this point. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And people don't get it. They just don't get it. I mean, it's pathetic. It is pathetic, but this is where we're at. Last, most certainly not least, folks. You got to love this. Um, how? Okay, does anybody actually have any of these Stanley Cups that they released? The Stanley Cup um, from, oh God, what was the brand? I mean, Stanley, it's the pink ones, the pink cups that went super viral. Fears of missing out on the uh, cutthroat Stanley Cup craze can now be quenched. Uh, when is the State of the Union? Oh, yeah, Liz Wallace, absolutely. She's sending parts of Mexico diddling children is normal. Yeah. Underage, yeah. Marrying them, too. Getting them pregnant. Yep. You seen the uh, the Stanley Cup thing? Oh, it's nuts. It's nuts. Fears of missing out on this. So let me just give you some some uh, some context here. This cup, it's kind of like the tickle, tickle Me Elmo for white liberal women. It's ridiculous. That Stanley releases a series of cups different colors. Apparently, they released a pink one, and it went... Uh, it was a Starbucks, I think, co-brand, I think. And it went ultra viral. Everybody went to get their hands on one. I think it was Starbucks and them teamed up on that. Something like to that level. Um, and then it sells out. And this article, it's, it's hilarious. Stanley Cup owners charging $150 for pics with the tumbler and selfies with Stanley's trend. <laughs> what? Fears of missing out on the cutthroat Stanley Cup craze can now be quenched, well, for a small fee. 
Counting Facebook users are now selling $150 non-refundable selfies with their 40-ounce tumblers to thirsty fans who can't afford the smoking hot commodity, which can come with a price tag of upwards of $300. $300. And wannabe cup holders seem to be lapping it up. Well, we all can't afford a $300 cup, so why not get the best best next thing is to take a picture, wrote an unnamed... What? People are this stupid. They are this stupid. If you give this one or two years, you'll be able to get one of these. All this is is people just wanting to be cool. Look at me. Can you imagine being so immature, so insecure, so easily mentally manipulated that you buy into this trend of wanting your own pink Stanley Cup just for the simple fact of it's hard to come by and everybody thinks they're cool? Folks, these are not going to be worth much in the long run. They're just not. It's ignorant. This is stupid. But again, you know, I've seen people spend more on dumber things like $400 Trump shoes. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I what do, you, what do you say to this? Just dumb. Just dumb. All right, folks. Hey, before I get out of here today, I just want to take a moment and let you know that if you're a Shellshock CBD user, if you've signed up for the reward points and stuff like that, you've got one year to cash those points in starting now. Now, I don't want anybody to panic. A lot of people are like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose all my points. No, you're not. You've got one year. From, I think, uh, last week, we sent out an email to all of our customers out there that you've got to cash in those points. You have one year to cash them in. Plenty of time. So if you've got points sitting in your reward point um, wallet, if you will, on Shellshock, you've got one year to cash them in. And you can accrue more as you go. We're not, we're not saying you can't. We're just saying that we don't want to see people's points expire. Because we've had this going now for two-something years. And we want to make sure that people know, like, hey, you've got you to spend those points. Otherwise, you're going to lose them. Use it or lose it, folks. Use it or lose it. All right, shellshockcbd.com. Do me a favor, go check it out. Hey, if you've never followed us on this page before, go do that. Hit that thumbs up button. Leave a comment below. We really appreciate that. Make sure to follow me at John Burke Insta. It's my private Instagram account. Or John Burke IG. It's my political account. And then not John Burke on Twitter. I get banned so much, so it's like, uh, yeah, there you go. We appreciate your love and support. Go give us some uh, love over on Locals if you want to, you know, sponsor the show or pay for the show or pay, yeah, support us. We greatly appreciate that, too. We got some new supporters over the weekend. Thank you for that. Sincerely, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you very much. Anyway, we'll be back right here tomorrow, 12 p.m. CST, with hopefully Josh back in the studio. So until next time, stop buying Stanley Cups, you idiots.